Thank you for taking the time to check out the Insight Myanmar podcast. If you like what you're hearing, we would be ever so grateful if you would consider rating, reviewing, and or sharing this podcast. As we are just starting out, every little bit of feedback helps. Also make sure to subscribe to the Insight Myanmar podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you cannot find our feed on your podcast player, please let us know and we will ensure that it can be offered there. and don't do really aggressive containment and mitigation, the number could go way up, many, many millions. Uh, to be isolating patients, emphasizing social distancing. Wuhan, uh, China's it's confirmed the coronavirus outbreak is now a pandemic certainty. That COVID-19 can be characterized as a pandemic. In Italy, one of the worst affected countries, and business supply chains are being disrupted around the globe. This combination of people being It's confirmed the coronavirus outbreak is now a pandemic. Whatever karma that is good you have done, this will protect you. It's certainly a, a teaching for the world of interconnectedness. Uh, we will realize the, the nature of interbeing and interconnectedness. Uh, it's really an opportunity to come back to our own intentions, to our own heart, to our own body and mind in this moment. Remember peace in the face of suffering. Change, for sure, to the beta. We can perhaps uh, see a, an opportunity in this situation their meditation practice. It's a beautiful gift to the world. People can learn how to help each other and how to love. Mutual support in the time of hardship. They learned how to support each other unconditionally. People can become closer to each other. Seeing new horizons of life. I do see some positive aspects of this corona crisis in the world. We're all sitting in one boat. We see that, in a sense, that brings people also closer together. That we are all looking out for each other. People getting closer together and watching out for each other. We have more time for our families, for the community and time to meditate. These are strange times. The coronavirus is spreading around the world at a ferocious pace and societies everywhere are locked down. All of us are now alone together in our respective houses and communities. As one such self-isolating voice, I would like to take this opportunity to connect with other Dhamma practitioners who are similarly sheltering in place, and whose world now consists of four walls, intimate families, and bewildered pets. 
This confusing new reality of our lives continues to sprout so many new shoots that professional journalists can scarcely keep up. From food supply issues to economic losses, from staggering death rates to diminished civil liberties, the news can sometimes feel like a breathless stream of consciousness gush transporting us into a different world that few of us understand. And just when we think we might have a handle on it, a beep or a ping of our phone notification tells us it is changing again. But while the avalanche of coronavirus-related news is relevant to everyone in its social, political, economic, and health implications, there is this added dimension for the Dhamma practitioner that may leave a sort of emptiness and unsettled quality at the end of the day. This anxiety often comes in the form of questions. What should meditation practice look like during a pandemic? How do I work with fear and panic that is all around me, and now taking root within? How are meditation centers responding since they have been entirely shut down? How are foreign meditators and monastics who have chosen to stay in Myanmar faring? How are Burmese monasteries, with their strict codes of discipline around food especially, managing when access to markets and supporters are drying up? This is just some of the territory we get into during this and future Insight Myanmar podcasts, exploring how the coronavirus pandemic is affecting Burmese monastic society, impacting meditators around the world, and pushing teachers to respond in new and innovative ways to the crisis as it unfolds. In this time of uncertainty and insecurity, we hope the voices that follow provide information and insight and help awaken the seeds of wisdom within you. A caveat about the podcast production. In this new age of social distancing, face-to-face interviews are of course no longer possible. The most obvious consequence of this is technical. None of the guests we interview have access to a professional recording studio. Indeed, as some are living remotely in the Burmese countryside, they have little more than their phone microphone to record and send messages. Our expert sound engineers have done their best to improve and enhance the quality, but there is a limit even to their magic. In a time when Saturday Night Live and NBC News resort to home-recorded and mailed-in content, we are also trying to adjust to these new rules and limitations. While we apologize for any difficulty you may experience as you listen to these episodes, we appreciate your understanding of the challenges we face in producing them. We hope you find some light and wisdom in the voices that follow. We're greatly appreciative for the time that these guests all generously provided to share their words and perspective. We wish all our listeners to stay safe and mentally sound and grow more powerfully from this challenging experience. And if you find value in what you hear, a reminder that we have loads more written content on our site, as well as videos at insightmyanmar.org. That's insightmyanmar, one word, I-N-S-I-G-H-T-M-Y-A-N-M-A-R.org. And one final note in the form of a plug and a reminder that we are 100% listener-supported, so any financial contribution you make will help us keep the lights on. We have pushed beyond our limited budget and usual schedule to get out these special coronavirus episodes, and any support to help us continue to produce content will be greatly appreciated. Zolwin Tet speaks next. A Burmese man living in Upper Myanmar near Monyua, he describes the changes that have come to his region and its local monasteries because of the virus. Here in Chang'u, a very rural small town, you know, everything is not likely to be changed due to COVID-19, like in the big cities. But obviously, as a school teacher, I usually organized summer school 
some uh, English trainings, some English courses for my students. In the summertime from March to May, when the schools are closed. But this year, unfortunately, due to COVID-19, not only a class, but also even the religious events, like taking the perceptions from the abbot, from the monks, during the water festival, New Year period, we all cancel it. So not from a negative point of view, uh, just a realistic view, it is not a good thing. <laughs> so anyway, here in Changwu, when we hear that COVID-19 cases are happening in Myanmar, we are thinking that, uh, actually not thinking, we are very, very worried about the disease, about the virus. And then at the time, the beginning of the outbreak, I was working on my road project site of my brother's company, very near to, very near to Kali. It is a Yajikliwa road. So it is like, uh, I felt very, very anxious. I mean, I felt very worried about the virus, about the case, who is suffering the virus, came to Calais from the US. So I felt it is very, very near to me. So I felt very, very worried. And I couldn't control my mind and my worries. And then I came back to home. At the time, uh, all the English courses, all the classes are also closed. That's why there's nothing to do, just only to stay at home. So I tried to control my mind and worries. And then I also started to notice that even I, I was also doing meditation, but I, I knew myself, oh, I'm worried all my life. I'm afraid of death. I started to notice that. And then uh, I also worried about my, my son, two years old, and also my family, and also my, my parents. So I started to calm down my worries. Uh, I tried uh, chanting uh, Buddhist sodas and prayers, uh, especially Yadana Sota and Mahasamaya Sota. Everybody may know about Yadana Sota, which is the chanting and which is the Pali words for praising about the, the three gems qualities. But here, I would prefer to chant Mahatmaya Soda because Mahatmaya Soda includes many spiritual gods, many spiritual divines, 
and Brahma's names. The Lord Buddha called and mentioned many names of the divines and Brahmas in this soda, and he mentioned their names. In the meeting with the with all five hundred ahads, after the ahar arahantship in Mahavana forest. So, anyway, why I chanted this soda? The reason is I felt uh, to calm down my worries during the chanting and due to the chanting, and also I felt safer. I felt safer and safer because I am, uh, you know, making an appeal. I am making like an appeal, appeal to the device and Brahmas. Oh, Brahmas and oh, device, please. Nowadays, all the beings and all the nations, all the humankind is suffering from a deadly disease, suffering from a terrible disease. So please, as the Lord Buddha's appeal to you, after calling your names, he appealed as he appealed to you, please guard the war, guard the humankind. Please make your compassion and loving kindness to the people. In the meantime, the monks, the Buddhist monks, the great monks, venerable monks, are also getting tired guarding the people and taking care of the people and also uh, to, to make the people to, to send the loving kindness and uh, you know they are trying for example venerable Sekinda he is very famous for COVID-19 quarantine centers and he was not tired of uh, guarding the people and keeping the quarantine patients, uh, COVID-19 cases uh, patients in his monastery. But although he is not tired, but we are also worried for him. And I like that. So may you all divines and Brahmas worry about the Buddhist monks and the Banarivya Sayados who are taking care of tirelessly taking care of the uh, COVID-19 cases and also all the monks at the time, all the monks were also chanting Yadana Sotas, Yadana Paritas, all around the country. So anyway, at the very present time, while I was chanting these Buddha, Buddhist Paritas and Sotas, I feel very safe and I calm down my worries. So this is the uh, the benefit, the immediate benefit of chanting of uh, Buddhist Sudas. And uh, this is the very first time I could calm down my worries. Due to COVID-19, when I was staying at home, and, you know, at first, it, there is nothing to make me calm down because I was reading a lot of posts, a lot of posts for, uh, on Facebook. I decided to, uh, to get off uh, my, to get off uh, using Facebook. So anyway, 
I, another thing is the usual practice that I meditate in the other times, in the usual regular times, is Buddha Nusati Bhavana, recalling the qualities of Buddha. So I usually make that Bhavana, that practice, uh, combining with the Anapana Nusati. It is contemplating on our breathing and breathe out. So every breathing, I call one quality of Buddha Araham. And I, when I breathe out, I call one quality of Buddha Bhagavad, uh, something like that. So I usually try to calm down uh, my mind, uh, to calm down my worries uh, by, by practicing that practice. Uh, day by day. So it was also very helpful and useful to calm down my worries. Anyway, due to COVID-19, uh, I would like to say from a positive point of view is for the, especially for the meditators, uh, not, not from the point of economics, not from the point of social changes, not from the point of uh, education, but from the point of uh, Meditators view. COVID-19, due to COVID-19, the meditators become more conscious. You may know Kaya Nusati Bhavana, contemplating their bodily, bodily actions. So due to COVID-19, we, we are more and more conscious uh, to watch uh, to contemplate our hand and not to go to the mouth, not to go to the nose, not to go to the eyes, not to, uh, not to touch our ears, something like that. So uh, it also uh, improves our meditation, Kaya Nusati Bhavana, the brightest of contemplating bodily actions. During the COVID-19 outbreak, I was practicing uh, Buddha Nostati Bhavana, recalling the qualities of Buddha. So it also encouraged, it also inspired me with a very, very, very enthusiasm, enthusiasm with a very strong enthusiasm to write down a book about the qualities of Buddha. So I studied during this outbreak, one, one of the very good benefits during this COVID-19 for me personally is that I could write a book which is called O Law Buddha, The Bealess, duplicating the qualities of Buddha. So it is a book in Burmese language and it is the, it, the book is also based like a narrative uh, writing. For example, I am speaking to Lord Buddha. I'm speaking to Lord Buddha and, and I, am, uh, I am recalling the Buddha's qualities, not only in my mind, but also writing down in the book, something like that. So I was speaking to the Buddha something like that. So it is a, like, it is a narrative writing style. 
it is a narrative writing and I could write down a book. So I very, very like that much. So although, although no publisher can publish my book or that doesn't matter, but uh, I am very satisfied to do that. So during the outbreak, I, at first I was very worried about the disease and I could not control my mind. I, I felt I was lost. And also I, very afraid, I was very afraid of the death. So I started to know I am very afraid of the death, although I was doing meditation. This means I have to do a lot. I have to do, I have to work hard. So I started to do Bodhanusti Bhavana and I started, I try chanting to calm down my worries and then it, it calmed down my worries finally. Bodhanusti Bhavana is my normal meditation practice to tell about this practice, it might be a little bit strange. Some people may hear, may already hear about it or not. But I learned how to do Bodhanusti Bhavana from Mahabodhi the town Seattle since my childhood. He taught only Bodhanusti Bhavana to my family, to my parents. He taught my mother to do Bodhanusti Bhavana, and then he said, it's perfect, it's perfect. He said like that. It's okay, it's okay, something like that. So uh, at before that time, my mother was just doing, reciting, Bodhan Saranangachami, Taman Saranangachami, Sangan Saranangachami. So, and also chanting other operators, and so does the other things. But uh, Mahabodhi Tathamsayara taught him to do Bodhanusti Bhavana, it is okay. Uh, and also it also it also means like you can gain what you want by Bodhanusti Bhavana. It means it can fulfill your wish. So anyway, my parents the and the other people, all the other people do Bodhanusti Bhavana using bracelets. You may see that in temples in pagodas, uh, everybody is doing uh, by using bracelets. But for me, I could not concentrate my mind by just only using bracelets and uh, license reciting uh, Pali words of the Buddha's qualities. I could not be contemplative. I could not be mindful by that method. So I also read many other Buddhist methods. And also I read that Anapanasati is the main cool method of Buddha, which led him, which led him to gain the alignment. To gain the alignment, he used Anapanasati. And also he was also using it, Anapanasati one, he was uh, one month old, and he was doing meditation and uh, beneath a tree and uh, he attained Paschana. So anyway, I'm, uh, I'm also personally, since I'm also interested in Janas and Abenians, uh, like, uh, so I also want to do 
Anabanasadi, but for me personally, Anabanasadi uh, to be contemplative on Anabanasadi, the, the meditative practice of contemplating the breathe in and breathe out. So I, in the best, in the very first beginning of my practice, I used Bodhanasadi Bhavana. Every time I breathe in, uh, I call one one attitude, one quality of Buddha. And uh, when I breathe out, I call one attitude of another attitude or maybe the same attitude of Buddha. So uh, by practicing, com uh, combining these two methods, I feel, I feel more and more contemplative and more and more uh, concentrated on my mind. And uh, it comes down my worries. Uh, it comes down my angers and other uh, other fires uh, of the five months. So anyway, my, I practiced my normal uh, as I practiced Bodhanasati Bhavana as my normal uh, meditation method, combining with the Anabhanasati. So sometimes when I I could I could not do Anabhanasati meditation uh, for an hour without Bodhanasati Bhavana, but if I write this Bodhanasati Bhavana, Komaini Anabhanasati, I could do for an hour or more. So this is my very satisfying method. Sometimes during my meditation, uh, I feel very delighted. I would like to say to everybody, uh, I have no exact words in English, but let me say as far as I remember, every difficult situation for the positive people is an opportunity. Every difficult situation for a negative people, for a negative person, for a negative-minded person is a trouble. So anyway, especially for the meditators, you should be inspired by yourself Mogo Seyaroji, who faced the World War II in his 40s, he could achieve during the war time, during the war time, he could achieve arahanship. So please, everybody, may you all be free from worries and also other defilements, may you calm down yourself and may you kick out your negative minds, negative perspectives on this very hard situation, but less practice and less work hard more and more for sending loving kindness and practicing our meditation for the people suffering suffering from this deadly virus and also i wish all the nations suffering from the covid 19 be free from this situation very soon thank you very much that's all dr jenny koji joins us next a burmese woman whose selfless dhamma service knows no bounds she teaches at the buddhist university and routinely translates for foreign meditators throughout yangon First time I heard about the coronavirus, I was not particularly alarmed, 
and especially before that, I had been seeing, reading about the Wuhan, Wuhan atrocities or those people in Wuhan with all their cruelties and I was more inclined, I was more toward this feeling of dislike about these things and suddenly this came up, this, the outbreak and again I was not so alarmed or excited because my attention was more on the, on the way they were torturing animals like wilding life, skinning life, and then the scare concerning this virus came quite late in the process. As someone uh, working in connection with the Buddhist uh, translations on the teachings of some venerables, and then after seeing much about this, these cruelties that, that, was, that had been taking place in Wuhan. And as someone who has been experiencing this, this feeling, which didn't come in a good way, about these cruelties to animals, this, these wet market things, I was more into dislike of this treatment of animals than the, the, the concern about this virus thing. Even when news came out of this Wuhan virus outbreak, I was not at all completely alarmed. But then with the outbreak spreading all over the world, like in Italy and now the United States, I come to understand how scary the whole thing is, how dangerous the whole thing is. For us, Facebook being the main source of knowledge about coming about these cruelties to animal, and once you got you get involved in learning and learning about these atrocities, those these cruelties to animal, then more and more the com the community gets wider, like all people from all over the world, L like yes. Uh, young people from China, from Korea, from Vietnam, and from the West, mainly from the West. They, these, when, when the Westerners get compassionate about these things, they are, they are so hardworking about trying to stop these things. And once you get involved, <clears throat> more and more news come up on your page, and you, 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 you see dogs being wild life thrown into boiling water and then they, they, they put the dogs down into these hot pans of boiling water, pressing poles on them so that they, they can't get out on skinning life or anything, or all of these things. There are so many of these instances coming up. And then as Buddhists, we know this is the samsara, samsara coming around, but then you can't get used to this. The health personnel, healthcare personnel, for them it was more about 
stopping stopping the progress of this coronavirus thing it's about it's more about trying so that this this coronavirus does not spread further and then for me it was it was like you just wait and see you are not so alarmed for for me personally it was it was like this i was not so alarmed and uh, the things will w- work out fine and uh, even even though there have been tens of thousands coming back from thailand from china uh, i have to say we are burma in particular is quite fortunate we have only had so far six deaths in spite of the many coming coming back across the borders having worked there and then even though we have had some hundreds mortality rate i have to say is relatively favorable for us <laughs> will you laugh if i say kama also plays a part as a buddhist as a follower of certain teachers kama we have to say kama also plays a part and then even if there even if there has been to some extent a small number of mortality but then compared to other places compared to the number the percentage of that mortality rate that has taken place in other places what is there for me as a buddhist to say that if karma does not play a part then what is the other answer oh maybe the doctors the health personnel they they did their part very well yes this this has to be mentioned also and then it was the response was relatively quick and then the quarantine started taking place when people came home burma itself the, these incidences did not come up but then people coming home from abroad like from the mountain ranges coming back from the united states and from china and thailand we have had many and all of these were what actually started before that we didn't have any of those incidences before those our nationals our ethnic people some of a small number of ethnic people coming back before that uh, i have to say we we were not that much worried but then when they came back and uh, it was detected that the virus came with them then uh, the government and the health the health department the health ministry we have to say they took it very seriously and immediately they started working very fast the quarantine the stay home so it's both we we have to say we are lucky fortunate both ways the health first personnel were very efficient and then the number in the beginning was very small so it was very manageable with people getting more knowledge um this this type of sharing from the same soup bowl this has been changing 
but in those in the elite group, I to say, but in villages, in the, it's the same thing. A hun uh, maybe hundreds of people coming to gathering or all other ceremonies, and then they are they would be sharing. This is this is still there, very commonly done, um, but uh, only those uh, among the elite or those with high highly educated groups. Only those people, they have learned these are not to be practiced. But when you go to villages, when you go to ceremonies there, it's the same thing there. And um, maybe because of the good karma, nothing much like the like we used like those things we used to have like cholera outbreaks. We we don't have these things frightfully, frightfully frightful outbreaks rightfully taking place. But if we, if we see it from the view of the West or much knowledgeable group of people, this is not something very easily acceptable. But this has been going on for, for centuries, I have to say, or this is not what we can change right now. At this time of the corona outbreak, monks, you don't go out for Pindapada these days. There are still devotees, they're bringing food to monasteries. And then for some monasteries, especially in small villages, in outskirts, it's, for them it's the food is a little bit more difficult for them. And then uh, a day or two ago on Facebook, I saw a devotee going, going round to those small monasteries and offering rice bags while. But in villages, even though there is this quarantine or the villagers still, they, they, they still manage to offer what they have. So this is not how monks completely, food becomes completely scarce. But yes, because of the difficulty in uh, arising in most of the country, it has to be a little bit more difficult than it used to be. I don't see it with my own eyes, of course. But when you check the papers, there are Cambodia and Laos with zero mortality rate, which is very, do I say inspiring or which is awe-inspiring. And then this very afternoon, I thought it was, there was mention of Vietnam also, but I'm not uh, definitely sure about this. But what I'm very happy about are those two countries, Cambodia and Laos, where there has not been mortality rate uh, and then Burma, in spite of the tens of thousands of returnees from the countries of where outbreak took place, and then we have had only six. And I'm not sure if you are aware of this. The, the first one was our hill tribe people coming back from the United States, and they were the first we found of having been affected with coronavirus. But then they have, they have overcome all this. 
and then and then the quarantine the health ministry has carried out for our returnees it's satisfactory i have to say there are some complaints that the place is not up to the standards or not sanitized enough but then for most of the returnees the quarantine it it looks like it it works well and uh, no more further incidences of mortality mortality the professor under whom i i work at the buddhist university where i'm working the venerable dr chekinda and then the venerable the great venerable sitaku siyaro and then there must be some other venerables i have not come into close contact with but this venerable dr chekinda and the venerable sitaku siyaro both uh, the sitaku siyaro has been there since the since the beginning of uh, of the university where i'm still working and the venerable dr chekinda also has been my my dean for some decades so uh, th- these are the two i have been well, well aware of having gone to great lengths to help with these things when when the first returnees were about to arrive back he let me say i think he was the first one to open his monastery to quarantine the returnees and then it was there he he was trying to make all arrangements that were necessary and i was not there personally me not being allowed to go there or it was not appropriate for us to to visit those places at that time but the venerable dr chekinda's work offering his university to be used as quarantine sites it was it was uh, quite well known when it first took place the first thing is when word first came came out of this coronavirus taking place i was not very much troubled i have to say because of this belief belief of of, of this faith knowing that whatever evil you have done you can escape and then whatever karma that is good you have done it this will protect you but as buddhists because there is this understanding of the long samsara you are so good this life like abraham lincoln or and then you can't escape it these are the things the buddha only the buddha could see so we have we have to understand it accept it and then just do what we have to do there are people so so pure so good this very life yet then there are those so evil so cruel but then the unexpected happens so this outcome of what we have done in the long samsara we only have to believe we we can we can never be sure when it will come or why is it so unfair or why why this somebody so evil is doing so well and we only have as buddhists we only have to believe the buddha's teachings of karma and its results 
because it's it's a blend of uh, the virus being brought in by some of our people come returning home and uh, a few uh, a few who have been here but then found that they have got the virus but then the the number the incidents the number the incidences that have that have taken place they they are quite favorable not not bringing about the number of deaths to a big number to a high number so we have to be grateful still we have to be very careful we have to be on the lookout we have to be well prepared well protected the initial funds that allowed us to set up this insight myanmar podcast came unexpectedly and we did our best to stretch them as far as possible unfortunately that generous startup donation could not have predicted the pressing need to cover our exploding health crisis and meeting the interest and concern many meditators have expressed about the situation at Burmese monasteries and meditation centers. So, if you would like to hear podcasts that address this new content or assist others in being able to access them, please consider making a donation to fund this work. Most all podcast contributors work entirely as volunteers, and those few receiving remuneration are meditators who have offered 50% or more discount for their professional services. Nonetheless, there is still no real way to produce an episode for less than several hundred dollars. Whatever funds we are able to collect now will be used solely for producing these new episodes, and any additional donations will allow us to increase our run. Thank you for your support. Stay safe and be well. We welcome your contribution in any amount, denomination, and transfer method. You may give via Patreon at patreon.com slash insightmyanmar, via PayPal at paypal.me slash insightmyanmar, or by credit card by going to insightmyanmar.org slash donation. In all cases, that's insightmyanmar, one word, I-N-S-I-G-H-T-M-Y-A-N-M-A-R. You can also go to the GoFundMe site and search Insight Myanmar to find our present campaign. If you are in Myanmar and would like to give a cash donation, please feel free to get in touch with us. The next speaker is Inda Aung So, who after a decade as a monk disrobed to co-found a company called Bokashi Myanmar, an environmental conservation agency that encourages composting and limiting waste. Talking to us from his home in Yangon, he reflects on how Buddhist practice has been affected by the COVID pandemic. Uh, here in Yangon, we are running a business called Bokashi Myanmar. The name is called Bokashi Myanmar. And our focus is basically on waste management. And when we talk about waste, there are two types of waste, basically, the, the biodegradable waste and the non-biodegradable waste. And when it comes to the waste, people understand about the recycle, the reuse of those valuable waste. And when we talk about recycle, people, they Cut and they understand that things like plastics and glass and metals and some papers they can be recycled, but they don't know that the biodegradable organic waste are also recyclable if they have a techniques, if they have a methods, and if they are willing to do so. 
especially in developing countries like Myanmar, Thailand, we have a far more organic waste than developed countries. At least two-thirds or three-quarters of everyday waste that we produce daily is organic waste. And those organic waste, they are sent to the landfill daily at the final disposal sites. And uh, from there, generating and creating lots of methane gases and carbon dioxide and things like GHGs and affecting our soil health, affecting our climate and uh, contributing in the global warming and things like that. That's why I want to, you know, as a former monk, when I return to the layman's life, I know I have to do a business for my living and that, that business has to be something good for the community because you know, since from the beginning, I have heard that many of the businesses are becoming crimes against humanity. That's people are saying today. So I don't want my kind of business to be some kind of, you know, that, that crime committing against humanity. So I have to choose carefully what type of business I'm going to do. And I found this thing, the trash in Myanmar, not only in Myanmar, actually, in many of the developing countries, is really one of the biggest issues. So I want to provide solution. And when we talk about these solutions with the organic waste, there are many things like uh, you can build biodigesters or you can, you can set up like uh, ice generation units you know, through the conversions of those organic waste, you can produce some kind of power, right? Energy, the gas. But those things can be really highly invested and so expensive. And not everyday life basis, and not everyone can be included to do so. This, to build those, you know, incineration units or waste to energy power plants, those things, we need millions of bucks, millions of dollars. So we need huge and big organizations and big investments or governments or things like that. So we don't want that thing. We want that we know the trash and the waste is produced by everyone on everyday basis. So we want everyone and every person, every single people in the country, in the household, to be able to take care of their waste in an eco-friendly way. That's why we provide them the method to compost the organic waste instead of throwing them. Because in Myanmar, as far as we know, like almost 80% of daily waste that we produce is organic waste, I mean, biodegradable waste. If they go to the landfill, they will rot and they will generate GHGs like methanes and carbon dioxide, CO2, and they will affect our climate, our soil health, and we are going to lose lots of nutrients in them. And instead, if we can compost them, then we can return all our nutrients from those waste that we thrown away back to the soil and to make our soil more fertile and more useful. And slowly, if everyone is practicing this method, 
you know, even in agriculture, we can use less pesticides, less chemicals, and less synthetics. That's our aim, and that's my target. That's why I'm in uh, our business, Bogus uh, Myanmar, is talking about the swine revolution. Our swine needs to be revolutionized, and and uh, we need to add more nutrients and more organic matters back into the swine instead of chemicals, synthetics. That's how we are doing our business. As I am in the business sector, I could see the effects of COVID since early of 2000, uh, 2020, early of 2020, because, you know, in December, COVID has started in China, Wuhan town. And since then, we already have effects with the COVID, actually. How I see is like in, in Myanmar, let's put an example. There are lots of farmers growing watermelons every year. And they export those watermelons to China through the border, big lorries and trucks. And in early January, because in China, they already have the COVID. So they no longer accept any of our products, including those watermelons. So whenever I travel around in the country, we see pounds and pounds of watermelons. And not only those watermelons, like corns and fish and crabs, Lots of things, they are piling. But to be a bit of positive for those farmers, that's a really a crisis for their business. But from one hand, if we want to see the positive side, that also means abundance of a food for the general public. Like, you know, just example, these huge, uh, really best quality, the watermelons used to go to China every year. And at this year, because they can go to the China and these farmers and these business people, they have to sell those watermelons in the local, in domestic markets. Then, because there are lots of people selling this, they have to reduce the price. And uh, that means for normal general public, they can have uh, these things with uh, a good quality and a really fair price. Unlike the, the previous years, this year, people here, they have an abundance of uh, food somehow. That, that's always, you know, I, I'm always trying to see an event from both sides, from negative or from positive. So from the negative sides, um, as a yield, many of the small, medium, large businesses, they are being affected because they can export all the goods. But on the other hand, in the country, the general normal public, they are affected by the COVID in a good way with the foods because the COVID means they stop the borders and they, they close the borders and they stop the exports and imports. So, there are lots of foods that you can buy in the local, unlike the previous years. And also because 
we uh, our business is focusing with the at the moment food waste and we've been working with a lot of organizations like NGOs, corporations, big companies and food processing factories, industries and also hotel businesses. And since early of January 2020, many of the hotels, they are already reducing their prices to at least 50% discount. Because at the the January is at the peak of the, the the tourist season in Yangon, uh, in Myanmar, but not many people are coming. Like, you know, last year, if you have a hundred guests and this year you are having like a 20, 30 guests early in January and many of the booking has been canceled. So they have to give, they have to reduce their prices. So that's how I can see the COVID affecting the business. And for myself, because I've been working with lots of food industries and the, the hotel businesses, for me, yeah, we also have to at least put a pause. We have to postpone until unknown. Like our trainings and our workshop programs, things like that with the hotels and uh, some corporations and companies and even the NGOs. We have to postpone our training programs and our workshop programs. So somehow we are also being affected by COVID. I am still, we, we, the organization, Bogeshi Myanmar is a state collecting food waste, yes. But you know, when we collected the food waste, there are two types. We want, the local-based waste collection and the local-based waste management, where the waste is produced. That's our main focus, our main approach. So in the place where our office is and where our yard is, we collect all the market waste, green, green waste from the local wet markets and we process them in our yard to make a bogeshi and to make swan, to make you know, compost. That's free of charge. Our guys go out to the local markets and they use like a toto, uh, three-wheel tracks, basically kind of motorcycle tracks and also push carts. And they collect all the different green waste, the biodegradable waste from the local markets. That's basically pre-service. We pay our guys, but our guys go to the local market and collect all the waste and we don't charge anything. That's one type. And the other type is from hotels and restaurants and NGOs and big corporations and the food industries. They send their food waste to us or we go and collect from them with an aside agreement. That thing they have to pay like a just an example, like $100 per 10 of a food waste, something like that. So we have a two waste stream. One is a free, one is a paid. And now paid waste stream is reducing almost like a two thoughts. So like uh, we used to have a, just example, we used to have a five tens of a food waste a week previously. And now we are having like a, one or one and a half ten of a food waste per week. That's how our business is reducing, which means 
and that the income is also reducing. But still, we have to keep up doing the good work. Yeah. Whatever we have a crisis or pandemic or business recessions or whatever problem we are having, as a living being and as a human being, we eat daily, and uh, we live our life daily, indoor or outdoor, in whatever situation. And the people are good at adjusting and adapting. That's why we live today, right? Compared to the other primitive uh, creatures, we survive. So, my my point is, as long as we are eating and as long as we are living, we need food. And we produce lots of waste as well. And with the pandemic, it could be lockdowns in many countries, cities, and towns. We've seen huge and huge piles of waste piling on every street corner and in almost everywhere because the people stay indoor, lockdown, or quarantine in the home. They have more free time and they eat more. And they produce more waste, and they need more food as well. And at the moment, that is not yet a problem. But if we have to go a bit longer, then there will be problem. That's when we are talking about like a, we should compost all our organic waste, food waste, kitchen waste, and we should try to grow our own food because you know. We want to be healthy people. To be healthy people, we need healthy food, and to have a healthy food, we need healthy soil. So we always say the equation: healthy soil, healthy food, and healthy people. And also, not to waste lots of food. We should know sometimes how hard the farmers and the growers、uh, have to try to grow food for us. To supply us, and、uh, like like you mentioned earlier, like、uh, instead of trying to beautiful your your area, your yard, and your rooftops, and your back lanes, what if you trying to grow food but without using any chemicals? So for us, you know, in the future, our method, the Bugushi composting. Could be a solution because now we have seen like a lots of people are talking about growing own food because everyone is now talking about that the even look at the the COVID this is a disease and the food that we eat also can generate lots of lots and lots of different types of diseases in our life if we can control them. And if they are not hygienic, so people are talking about hygiene. People are talking about healthy food, and people are talking about stay healthy or, or eating、uh, organic things. So lots of people are trying to grow food in their home, and even with the pandemic, now what we see is the sale of our compost is rising. Because people have more time to stay indoor, and they have not much to do except、uh, learning through online or through the social medias, or you know, work from home makes them have lots of free time instead of spending their time on the internet. 
So they want to do some kind of handsome projects at home and they want to grow things like uh, they want to repot or replant their flowers and uh, they want to start some kind of microgreens or halves at home. So before they have a compost, their own made compost, they have to buy or they want to buy and they want to test if they can do. That's why even in the during the COVID, our compost sale is rising a bit compared to the previous months. And as I mentioned earlier, like uh, people are talking about the healthy food and a healthy living lifestyle. So this thing would be not the whole solution, but can be part of the solution and for the future. And uh, also lots of people are trying to talk about like uh, creating some kind of food forest so to turn their car parks or pre-space or rooftops or verandas or places like that to turn them into some kind of oven food forests instead of keeping them bare or putting a few flower pots or you know just trying to make it beautiful with a few flower pots. Now now people's mindset is turning the way back. So they are trying to be ecologically and environmentally friendly and more and more people are talking about like environmental ethics and things like that. So I have seen lots of positivity with this and our project can be part of the solution for the future, not only in times of COVID or whatever times of uh, crisis, because you know, disease or business or whatever types of crisis we might face. As a living people, we always eat and we always need food and we always have food waste. And last, we hear from Neza Tun, who works as a safety and security manager in Yangon. As part of his job, he reports to various authorities on COVID-19 statistics in Myanmar. He shares with us the commonly held Myanmar Buddhist belief that good karma of sharing metta and practicing meditation by monastics and yogis at this time is perhaps the reason for the low number of COVID-19 cases in the country. I am working as a safety and security manager. So I have to report directly to the corporate security. And also I have to share with my board member what is the COVID-19 situation? So according to MOHS reports, which is the uh, medical check confirmed case came out, is from bringing it up to the confirmed case positive COVID-19 case in Myanmar. Uh, the last one now I think is 201. So in between there, like case by case, uh, which township or why they get a positive COVID-19. Uh, they came back from the abroad or the foreign, they're going work over there. And when they come back, they didn't know what they have. Uh, one is the bad thing is one of, one of the Christianity, uh, he had a positive and he didn't know himself, but he make a, a Christian community they have a gathering in the church together and they pray and it's effort to now they're becoming more than 100 
people infected because of him. And also now the, our government uh, trying to rescue Myanmar people from different country, Malaysia, Indonesia, Indian, like yesterday before, we have uh, more than 100 people from the Indian rescued by Myanmar Airway, arranged by government. And also, uh, our government can manage uh, very well. So from already two days, we don't have increased uh, COVID-19 positive case. And also like um, now the people, also Myanmar people, we can, we can see many people difficult to follow COVID-19 policy or rules. Uh, some people wear a mask when they're going out. Some people wear mask and glove. Some people, they don't wear, they just put in their ear and they just put it down under the chains. Myanmar people not used to it. So we need to educate them more and that will be more safer. But for now, I can see in the market or like I can see some of the place, some people, they're gathering together, they don't wear a mask. And if somebody had infected or snitching in there, like it can be infected many people. This is um, really need to be care. And also, it was in Tamil Township, May 17. Uh, they trying to measure the temperature or like uh, check by check to the people how they can uh, figure it out who has infected or not, because it was increased to the eight people who infected, and including a foreigner, two foreigners from the French. So the government tried to like figure out and measure the temperature if somebody who had more than 100 uh, degree Fahrenheit or WA. Uh, they put it on the COVID-19 chat. They came with two medical vehicles with uh, money foods. Uh, the problem is people going to line at not social distance, uh, which is government need to really care about what they do. They have a good uh, procedure, but uh, people need to follow like social distance because of this COVID-19 can be spread. Um, like very easy to separate each other. Also, like many people together and that all doctors and nurses, they are same person, same people in touch with many people. This is uh, not acceptable. So I don't want to say not acceptable, but it's not. It shouldn't be that way. But it needs to be proper way. Our, our Myanmar country is a mostly Buddhist country. Uh, many Buddhists believe that uh, we have a area, the monk, uh, praying for us, which is called Metta. Metta is like to give someone kindness and love without hoping anything. And especially the monks are praying for everybody peaceful and this critical uh, virus will 
and uh, most of the Buddhism people they believe that like we pray each other without hoping anything. We also we have a meditation. Uh, meditation is also it can reduce your the gray matter uh, density in the area of the brain related with like anxiety and stretch. And also, I believe that it can reduce uh, some of the infection or bacteria and virus away. Like what I believe is when we do meditation is increase your body stimulation and then you are like the symptom of your the disorder function in your body is automatically uh, maintained but it needs to be the percentage like people can say okay then there somebody who had cancer can you meditation and releases but yeah it, it might be happened but you need to take time to meditate or how much you really interested and how much you concentrate on your breath breathe in and breathe out inhale or exhale and is your mind controlling meditation is not very easy to do that but not easy to concentrate of your uh, really deep breathing inhale and exhale to focus your destination of breathe inhale and exhale and that will be you can get more concentrated and also i i believe that most of the people who believe christian uh like muslim or Hindustani, it doesn't matter who believe what they believe. Uh, I respect all of them, but which is with the meta in meditation is uh, more the most important to prepare each other in your organization or in your uh, environment. But right? you need to be kind to each other. That's why we always greeting Mingalava mean 38 different kind of rules and regulation to live in the human environment. Uh, meditation make you uh, even not only your uh, psychology benefits and even you can get like physical benefit as well and also reduce your risk of like heart disease or stroke or like some people who has short temper is becoming released and becoming tolerant. And like, how can I say, when you meditate and you really concentrate and it can like reduce off your blood pressure and it make you really calm down and reduce stress and high blood pressure and also you are body becoming very peaceful. Like sometimes even you can hear your heart beating and your body of the, like your body moving like a machine, like you can hear like your engines, your engine mean your body is running like an engine. And this make you really peaceful time. 
Kama, Kama is like very easy to say uh, nature or balance. Like sometimes you do good things and everything will come back to you, good thing. You do bad thing, it will come back at the same time. You know what? Very easy to give you a symbol. Like you growing a mango, you can eat a sweet mango. You growing the limes, you can eat only the sour limes. This is very simple. Karma is, I can say, the uh, nature of balance. Like even not about Buddhist, not about Christian, not about the Hindustani or Muslim, it doesn't matter. It is simply you can think about in both, not in Buddha way, just say that even in the scientific thinking or whatever, nature or balance, that be very simple. Like karma is, I believe that, like it is uh, universe's truth. It, it will goes around camera, like, you know, even sometimes you just pray for everybody peaceful with meta, and then the first thing after you pray for the universe or your friends or your family, after they never went, the first time you are the only one, the first one you feel very peaceful. You know, this is nature of balance because you pray for them with the, uh, with the meta, to other people peaceful, and you are the first one peaceful, but this is called nature of balance. For example, if you are angry to be someone, like for example, the person who working your colleague and you angry with him, the first one bunny in your head, and you are angry, your mind, your head, your brain is bunny first. You know, this is very simple. It's called nature of balance, or you can call karma. That's, that's the thing. Most of the people here in the Buddhist country, most of the people, we just, uh, we are Buddhist, as a Buddhist, and we have metta for everyone. And then also, we don't have, like, it's called, like, Loba, Moha, Dota, like greeting, uh, anger. But the karma and COVID-19 is uh, for me difficult to explain. For example, like other country, like they killing, they love to eat alive, mostly alive. So this is uh, like they kill animal. And then for example, Japanese sashimi, they kill a fresh and a live fish cats even he is dying and is still moving the shake of the body and the people eating and like i saw some korean people they eating a life or autobacks uh, also like some people in china they eating and they wildly a dog alive uh, so this is kind of hairs to the animals and then this is like they punish to the animals and it came back as a karma also all over the world. Most of them are people here. Also, some people kill and sell the meat 
like beef or chicken or whatever. But most of the people we don't eat alive here, so we don't we don't give the animals uh, punishment, and so we don't give no not much punishment to the to carpets as a karma and also like uh, connecting with like meditation makes your meditation brings peace of your mind so people feel positive and uh, people help each other and like you know very deep uh kinds each other so this is like the major spiritual of the human's uh, brain or wisdom as a traditional already we kind each other i believe that this is uh good karma like we have stay very low in our country uh in fact that's uh covid19 Beta is a really very deep, clean ocean water. Like sometimes, for example, you try to pray for the people. Uh, this people is thinking like even you give a meta to someone, the person is thinking you are bad or you are he don't want to receive from your meta, so we cannot give them. And also same thing, like some people who really angry to you, like he is holding a fire in his hand. I am angry to you. I'm angry to you. And he because of he is angry being he already burned himself. That's why he is holding a fire stone in his hand. So the person who have meta and then even he angry and then we don't angry uh no we uh, like we don't agree with him he's angry to me and i don't agree to him i just say okay uh friends calm down peaceful when we say that then me i don't accept his uh firestone from his hand for example like if i i'm angry with you Navy, and i am really angry with you blah 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 and same time i'm angry with him Okay, what are you talking about? And if I angry me, I accept his fire from uh, Firestone, his hand to my hands. Nyama people, or especially Nyama monk, they uh, bring the sending meter to all over the world, all over the universe. They pray for everybody to escape from the all bad thing or for example like critical COVID-19 is no infinite and the people were hurt and peaceful and then sending the meter is more important and I hope that not only Myanmar people and all over the world everybody can get very good accepting very good meta and also they escape from the COVID-19 and people very healthy and peaceful all over the world.
you have been listening to the Insight Myanmar podcast. We would appreciate it very much if you would be willing to rate, review, and or share this podcast. Every little bit of feedback helps. If you are interested, you can subscribe to the Insight Myanmar podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Also, please check out our website for a list of our complete episodes, including additional text, videos, and other information available at www.insightmyanmaroneword.org. If you cannot find our feed on your podcast player, please let us know and we will ensure it can be offered there. There was certainly a lot to talk about in this episode, and we'd like to encourage listeners to keep the discussion going. You can make a post, suggest a guest, request specific questions, and join in on discussions on our Insight Myanmar podcast Facebook group. You are also most welcome to follow our Facebook and Instagram accounts by the same name. If you're not on Facebook, you can also message us directly at burmadama at gmail.com. That's one word, B-U-R-M-A-D-H-A-M-M-A at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to start up a discussion group on another platform, let us know and we can share that forum here. We would also like to take this time to thank everyone who made this podcast possible, especially our two sound engineers, Martin Combs and Tharng A. There's, of course, Zach Hessler, content collaborator and part-time co-host. Ken Pransky helps with editing. Dragos Bandita and Andre Francois make our sketches. GPU does our Burmese translation. Herman Perez, Santiago Hedar, and Marisol do our Spanish translations. And a special Mongolian volunteer who was asked to remain anonymous does our social media templates. We'd also like to thank everyone who assisted us in arranging for the guests we have interviewed so far. And of course, we send a big thank you to the guests themselves for agreeing to come and share such powerful personal stories. Finally, we're immensely grateful for the donors who made this entire thing possible in the first place. We also remind our listeners that the opinions expressed by our guests are their own and not necessarily reflective of the host or other podcast contributors. Also, this recording is the exclusive right of Insight Myanmar podcast. It is meant for personal listening only and cannot be used without the express written permission of the podcast owner. This includes any video, audio, written transcript, or excerpt of any episode. That said, we are open for collaboration, so if you have a particular idea in mind for sharing any of our podcasts or podcast-related information, please feel free to contact us with your proposal. Finally, we welcome your contribution in any amount, denomination, or transfer method. You may give via Patreon at www.patreon.com slash insightmyanmar, via PayPal at www.paypal.me slash insightmyanmar, or by credit card by going to www.insightmyanmar.org slash donation. In all cases, that's Insight Myanmar one word, I-N-S-I-G-H-T-M-Y-A-N-M-A-R. If you'd like to give especially to support our new run of coronavirus episodes, please go to the GoFundMe site and search for Insight Myanmar to find our campaign there. If you are in Myanmar and would like to give a cash donation, please feel free to get in touch with us. With that, thank you for listening, and we welcome back next show. One of the beautiful things about Burmese monasteries is that everyone can practice selfless giving. I've seen poor families give just one spoonful of rice to a communal alms bowl, and I've seen still poorer families wake up at five in the morning to collect flowers to offer to the Buddha shrine. 
As our Insight Myanmar podcast runs on the power of donation, we also greatly appreciate any amount of support to keep our engine running. If you'd like to give a monthly donation through Patreon, that continued support will allow us to continue making these episodes available to you. If even a small fraction of our listeners donated the equivalent of a cup of coffee as a monthly pledge, we could be funded well into the future. If your income is less stable, we greatly appreciate one-time donations as well of any amount. If you find the Dhamma interviews we are sharing of value and would like to support our mission, we welcome your contribution. You may give via Patreon at www.patreon.com slash insightmyanmar, as well as PayPal at www.paypal.me slash insightmyanmar. In both cases, that's insightmyanmar, one word, I-N-S-I-G-H-T, M-Y-A-N-M-A-R. If you are in Myanmar and would like to give a cash donation, please feel free to get in touch with us.